OTB GAA. And all of a sudden, you know, Kerry are totally up. They never, ever got a chance to build again after they got a score. And that was down to Cluxon and the movement outside. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Nestled away in the hills of rebel country is Kilbritton, a place not known for its size. Only 200 or so call it home. It is, however, a home to a community that loves its hurling and one that has produced numerous stars that have shunned for club and county. Dan O'Connell and Owen Sexton are counted amongst the many that have added to Cork's GA pedigree over the years. But one of Kilbritton's favourite sons still calls the village home. And it's here that he's dedicated himself to developing the next generation of rebel hurlers. Coaching is something you do with someone, not something you do to someone. This statement encapsulates the spirit of a man who has dealt with more than most. This player, this coach, this rebel, that won't quit. Off the ball and board gosh energy are delighted to present Jamie Wall. I think I know you now 15 years. I think we're, we're around the track that long. Coming up on that RHA, it was around 2008, nine, yeah. yeah. So 15, 15, 16 years. I suppose for me, mm. you're just this precocious talent. You do everything so well. You've always done everything incredibly well, but you've always worn it really lightly. So from the outset, you know, this is your club, this is Kilbritton, and you were identified as a brilliant talent underage, and you were catapulted into what was essentially a senior team, given massive responsibility, and you never ever flinched from it. This is kind of where I where I played and where we played underage, and we we were lucky we had a good we had a good team kind of at our age. It was just a couple of us. There was two of us knocking around Cork development squads, which kind of meant that we played slightly higher grades, would say, than than usual. Like so we were kind of playing Premier Two or you know those kind of grades. Which was a big deal for us because, like, you know, it's a small enough area, like, you know, there's a lot of good senior players there, like, you know, like the likes of Paddy Ryan and kind of good characters and Owen Sexton that were like, you know, had played for a long time, were still, you know, young enough, relatively speaking, but, you know, really kind of just treated us like adults and just made us feel like you're part of the team now and it doesn't matter that you're essentially a child, like, you know, playing. <laughs> and, and that was great. And, you like, you know, like, it was, you know, it was, it was grand as well in the sense that, like, from playing on underage teams, you know, or like everyone that's played on, we'll say a smaller team, like, you know, you play centre forward or centre back yeah. and you kind of, you have to do maybe a little bit more. Whereas, you know, I got to go into that team and just go and play corner forward. And like, you know, I had the likes of Ross Cashman and Morris Sexton and guys that have played minor and under 21 with Cork. They were doing the real, the real work, you know, I was just kind of adding, adding on in the corner. Like, so I was, um, that was kind of, it was a nice little change of kind of role, we'll say from, because, you know, when you're playing underage, you're kind of, you know, chief cook and bottle washer. Well, yeah, like you, you, you have to do, you just, you, you have to take a bit more responsibility, like, you know, and I suppose it was nice then coming up into a senior team where like, yeah, you, your, your job was to try and score or to try and contribute to the team, but like equally, like it didn't rise or fall on, on you. Like you say that, but I, I think there was always pressure on you. You probably weren't aware of it because if you look at that county final that you won and it was the first time the club had won since 95, 95, you know, you score one five in the first game and you score one two in the replay. Those are pretty big scores for a kid who's just, what, 17, 17 and a half? Yeah, I just turned 18, yeah, Yeah. in in July. Um, So that pressure, that's what I'm talking about. It sits so lightly with you. 
like I said, I never really felt that it was my job. Like at that age, like I never felt like I had to carry the can because okay. I genuinely didn't think I had. Like like I was kind of like you know, and I suppose that was probably why I felt that I like kind of maybe got those opportunities because like you had someone else taking the. The Morris, Morris, the like Morris would take the opposition's best back, like you know, yeah. he, he'd get the punishment, like, and, <laughs> and then I, I kind of come down down the line a small bit, like, so you kind of get a slightly easier ride. I suppose, suppose. you're building a reputation though, and in the space of kind of two years out in West Cork, you can build a reputation very quickly. Like in West Cork, even though it's a huge area, it's, it's predominantly a football area, yeah. so like if you are a hurler here, you know, you know, that they're. they're there are a lot of good hurlers in West Cork. I'm, I'm certainly not saying there aren't, but I suppose it's just it's it's simple enough in that like we don't we we don't have as many like we really only had five teams playing that weren't playing at the junior level like so like straight away like you were in kind of the we'd say the, the premier clubs around here you know so like um, like if you're playing at that level you're going up you're playing games in Parky Cueve and, and Parky Rin it's yeah. like you know it's a big deal around here like you know for for us like and, and that like so you know like I said the, the, the hurling community in Carberry is kind of it's 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 kind of around here more so and then like you've, you've got other clubs who are doing a lot of work on it like but you know it is predominantly in that kind of we we'll call it the, the greater the, the greater Bandon yeah, area, like you know that, that kind of belt. Band, that belt, like so. You go up to the city, you take on the big teams in the city, and mm. two seasons later, 2013, you're playing Cloyne, side and park you're in. You've Dermot O'Sullivan centre forward for Cloyne. You've Donal Cusack in goal for for Cloyne. You end up man of the match performance, big big shock, a big performance for a West Cork club. Yeah to snipe a team that was senior yeah they were senior the previous year yeah Yeah, like um, that was probably our biggest win like in terms of as a team even though we had won the county the grade below it a year or two before um, I suppose like there's there's a little bit of a kind of inferiority complex or something yeah. you know down here where it's like you know you hear stuff like about you know there's no hurling south of the viaduct and talk like that we'll say so like anytime you go under the viaduct going up to the city you kind of felt a small bit there was a bit of a kind of siege mentality like and yeah. And then taking on Klein, like, is, like, it wasn't that long beforehand that I had been to see them play three county finals in a row at senior level, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, you're going up watching, like, you're going up supporting Sully and Cusack in All-Ireland finals and stuff, like, so, it, like, it wasn't that long before it that you were sitting on a terrace, you know, with the other 17, 18-year-olds, you know, supporting these guys, and then you're taking them on in, in a championship game. It's yeah. it's funny, you, you say shock, like, because... Like I remember, actually, it was with you the day before. Yeah. Uh, we went in to see the senior games in Park Inn. And we were up in the press box. We were up in the press box, yeah. yeah. Um, and Jer Cunningham from the Bears mm. had said to me, "How will you get on tomorrow, whatever?" And I just like felt, I was just like, "Oh, we're definitely going to win." Like, just yeah, like there's no way we're going to lose. Like, no fear there whatsoever. But I don't know what it was because like like I've played other games where I've kind of gone and got into thinking like God we're going to be under pressure here like and like it's not that like I wasn't like that all the time but it was just that game I felt like we were really well prepared. It was the best prepared I think we ever were for a game like mm-hmm. actually playing full forward at the time because Paddy had gotten injured. Yes. Um, yeah. So like that probably helped too to be fair like player <laughs> Paddy not available. Paddy not available probably helped us all but in, in hindsight but um, like Dearman was playing full forward and he'd scored like he scored four goals in one game he, I think in the previous three games he'd scored something like nine goals yeah. in, in the previous three league games and I'll never forget we were playing our last league game against Mallow in Killavullen for some reason I think they were playing championship there or something so they asked could we play it out there and same thing for us if we're going as far as Mallow like yeah. we were playing them and at half time I think a few of their mentors were up on the sideline and our you remember Brendan decided he was going to send like a, a really not so discreet message to them <laughs> 
And he says, another thing, we're going to beat those fuckers next week. And, and you know why? Because they're a one-trick pony. <laughs> so, like, myself and Connor were trotting out. Like, the one trick of obviously being Dearmer scoring 700 goals. Yeah. Like, and myself and Connor were trotting out for the second half. And I was going full forward and Connor was going centre forward. And he just goes, just he just goes yeah, well, what a trick. <laughs> so, like, I was just very good and see straight for the next five minutes. I was just laughing, like, laughing, like... But um, I suppose like we just we That's never. That's you, Phil, isn't it? Yeah, we were we were nineteen, twenty. Like we weren't taking it, or we were twenty. Like we weren't taking it like too seriously. We weren't getting as worked up about yeah. the whole thing. We were just like just a bit of crack. We're talking about player burnout across mm. the season for for different players. And at that time, while you were shooting the lights out for Kilbritton, you were also trying to play football for Cork, play hurling for Cork, minor under twenty one. There was so much happening. Mm. Sometimes you can be a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. Or sometimes you can do it all, as you did. Is there moments or experiences from, from the football side of things that helped hurling and vice versa? Well, definitely, like, the, just the training, like, the, the, yeah. the training it requires probably to play inter-county football more so than anything else. Like, I, like, I think like, sometimes people get, get mixed up. They think like that, you know, oh, footballers are, you know, they're big and strong and they'll, that'll help them with the hurling. It's like... It, it's not the actual playing of the football that, that helps you with the hurling, it's the actual preparation you do to be a footballer, like we say, yeah. like that. And especially then, you know, training at just a high level with Cork teams, we say with Brian yeah. Cuthbert and then later John Cleary, like, you know, two fairly good managers to have at mm -hmm. minor and under 21 level. You're a footballer, you're a hurler. Mm. You identify as both very strongly in West Cork and in Cork City. At any point, did you say, I should down tools on one side here? Never wasn't enough. Oh no, no, seven times, seven, seven days a week. You were going to every single tools. day, like <laughs> like every single day, you were downing tools in one. Like depending on the form you were in, and and whether you'd played well in one game yeah, or over like, another. Yeah, like oh, come here, like that. Had that conversation with myself every single day, and more as I got older. Like and I was going all right at both. I started at both at under twenty one and twenty thirteen, and someone actually did ask me that winter. I was like, you know, like oh, what do you pick? Whatever. I was like, what do I pick? Whoever fucking rings me, like Who whoever me? rings me, that's what I picked. Like I, I know airs of grace is about like thinking, oh, I want to be this one. Like you know, because I just wanted to get on a squad. Yeah. I, like I wasn't. I suppose I certainly was just saying like whoever rings me, that's that's who I'm gonna go with. Like yeah. you know, and, and like. And ultimately, both sides called you at, at different stages. Yeah, yeah like course, I, like yeah. I kind of got a little bit of a run with one when yeah. it was 18, 19, and then got a little bit of a run in twenty fourteen with the footballers. Mm. We say. But like, do you know, like it, was, it wasn't really something I suppose I, I was thinking overly deeply about. From your point of view then, what was your ceiling? What was your ambition? Play senior for Cork for two or three years. Like was I, that going to be enough? I, and was that why you were here I, and there and all around West Yeah, Park? Like I like, I like to think that I've a bit of a, you know, like that, I, that I'm smart that relatively an intelligent fella and like a bit of self-awareness always goes a long way like I, I kind of always knew like I was never going to be one of those people that broke in at 1921 I wasn't you know I was you have to be very good to make it in Cork at all and I'm not kind of this, this isn't like false modesty or anything like that mm -hmm. but equally like you have to be exceptional to make it at those ages and I knew I wasn't at those guys level you know so like for me it was just a case of like peak years 24 to 27, 28, like if I could get in to either senior squad for that spell and, and be successful there, that was what I was, that's what I think my ceiling was, like, and yeah. there's no guarantee we even got to that. You obviously navigated your way to doing that by going to Mary I. And yeah, it's probably a, you know, probably that, a bad career move at the outset. Well, I, I don't think so. I think everyone yeah. at the time, you know, who had aspirations to be a senior hurler, a senior mm. footballer for Cork, 
and all of the other counties saw it as a way of being able to dovetail the two. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a career and then have you know. Oh, a comfortable it's about teaching. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, In yeah. terms, of, I suppose the the one thing back then that it probably initially when I went to Mary Eye that it it didn't offer was the third level. Yeah. Um, the premier third level competitions sure, because the Fitzgibbon we were, wasn't we were, Ryan, we were Ryan Cup hurling and yeah. we were Trench Cup football do you know yeah. so like you weren't exactly appearing you know in the Sigerson or the Fitz like. no Jamie was to captain the Kilbritton team against Valley Rovers in the Cork Intermediate Hurling Championship in June of 2014 but he would never arrive at the game it's like I got my exams in July or in June June 23rd yeah and got the results that day, and then um, that was a Monday. Played with Cork Intermediate Hurlers on the Wednesday, and then on the Saturday we were supposed to play with the club. Well, we were playing with the club. <laughs> um, I was supposed to be playing, but uh, instead I was carted up to CUH with an abscess on my spine, and um, kind of between the jigs and the reels over the next while, ended up um, kind of in Bowman Hospital first. And then in um, the National Rehab in Dunleary. I don't know if everyone understands the gravity of what you went through then. Yeah. I, I think being in... Do I, any, do I myself, to be honest, at times. But. I think being in Beaumont with you, and mm. this would be something which I would remember vividly, is I'd leave Beaumont. I'd drive home mm. and I'd cry. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so scared for you. Yeah, yeah. How did you survive? Um, shouldn't really have a choice. I know that sounds very flippant, like, but it's kind of true. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not something I. Thinking back, I don't think I thought overly deeply about it. Like, I don't think, I don't think I was thinking like you know, very broad spectrum, long term. I think I was kind of like thinking, like one. F I was going to say one foot in front of the other, but um, like you know, I was thinking kind of like getting through the next hour getting through like and not and I wasn't even just thinking about it I was just kind of like you know, it was like like I said it was just didn't feel like a choice it was kind of like what do I have to do now do you know and I suppose that was kind of I'd always say like there was probably I got a lot of help from would say you know previous mindsets with teams and sport and that where it was kind of like you know you were just applying that notion of like you know when something is going wrong like how do you fix it I like, used to dig in and you know like you train harder and work harder and just you know kind of maybe 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 it's not the most healthy sometimes like we'll say that kind of like but you know I would also say that it's not the most unhealthy you know to kind of uh, compartmentalize and just kind of be like you know there's a time to for me to go deal with this in in certain ways but like there's you know there's a survival element too where you're just like I just you know I, I don't have like, God, it was, God, it was God, easy God, to work. Yeah, like, yeah, like, and I don't want to sound like, like, God, I, I hate kind of saying, sometimes I say it out loud, you kind of think like, God, that sounds very backward. Like, it's not that I didn't have time to be upset or think about it, but it was, I was kind of like, if I actually do that, I'll, I'll drown in it. So like right now is not the time for it. I need, you know, and I think like over the last couple of years, I've gotten better at the actual, you know, maybe every so often examining how I'm feeling about things. Like, But in that immediate time, you actually you're actually better off not trying to process it immediately and just kind of like, be like, like, what can I do now to actually just get through today? Like, and not think too deeply or get too into those kind of things. Cause I think- So you're process focused in yeah, that time. Yeah, you have to be, I think you have to be. I think it's like, it's not, 
it's funny, it's like, you know, a time of big stress and stuff like that is not actually a time for introspection and reflection. Like, it's a time for just getting through it. And, and then when you're in a little bit of a better place down the line, you maybe can examine the complicated feelings over over years. Like, and it's yeah. still, like, like six days' time is the anniversary of it. Like, you know. Nine years. Like, yeah. So, like, but, like, every year, every year, I, it's funny, like, every year I end up doing something, not by design, I end up doing something on the anniversary. So like in 2016, I was in Lyon at Earl of France and I didn't realize until I was actually there. I was with one of the lads and I was like, oh Christ, this is the weekend of the thing. I'd just forgotten about because I was so busy trying to organize getting tickets. Like and you were driving the, game the lads. And driving the lads from <laughs> Calais to Lyon. Like I'd totally forgotten about it. You get better at kind of like just driving on through it. And then like, you know, there's other times when now we say we're talking about it, it's like, you know, you end up kind of analysing it and maybe thinking about it. Maybe tonight, like, you know, sit down and there'll be a bit of a kind of, like I said, an introspection or a reflection and, like, you'll think about the positive things since and the negative things since and, like, but I think, like you said, like, at the time, you use the word survive. Like, I think that's, you just, at the time, you're just like, it's like, I need to survive here now and, and there's no time for getting upset because there'll be, you know, like, if you get through it, the rest of your life for it like you know so like I, I don't know and like and like I said I hate saying it sometimes in the sense that I don't want it to sound flippant or that you know that it's like you just fucking do it like you know like you just you just have to like you know like you know the first two years I couldn't go to any of the club games here like I didn't go to a club game for a year and a half uh, of my team we'll say because it just was too hard like I'll never like I'd forget I'll never forget the the lads were playing championship on the first game I planned to go to the lads were playing Ballincollig inside in Bandon and it was the following year and Bandon's only 10 minutes from here that afternoon I kind of round about game time just got this all merciful migraine headache the worst thing ever and like more or less the minute the game passed I was fine like, it was all in my head like my body was just saying no we're not able for this we're not going like and and that was hard because it was actually the first game the lads had won since and like I know chatting to one or two of them only recently you know one or two of them telling me one of my best friends telling me how emotional it was for them to kind of because they had like I'd kind of forgotten like they had gone through something as well where like you know their teammate and friend and captain like all of a sudden like the day of a match like like they didn't even know like they were playing the match and like coming into the dressing room after that day when it happened and people are like, Jamie's in hospital, like, that's what's actually after happening. Like, the lads kind of were like, you know, there's no, there's no information, like, it was a vacuum for them. Like, this was 12 months later, and, you know, they'd been, they, we had been relegated that year on the back of it, like, and, you know, we'd lost the last three games. And, like, I suppose for them, like, they had kind of won a game, and it was just, you know, things were kind of coming right again. So, becoming like, normal? Becoming normal for them. So, but it took me a bit longer to actually get to, to any of the games any of the lads games you know the games that I thought like I could still be playing here whereas I suppose taking a long way around saying like basically that the Fitzgibbon was the first thing that I kind of gravitated towards that didn't carry the same pain because when I was going to support Mary I in 2015 I was gone you know like I said I was gone anyway so like I it was really easy for me to actually go support the lads because you know they were my former teammates but like you know I was done anyway and then so then, like, it was probably natural enough to 2016. It was the first team that I kind of thought, like, geez, I'd like to get involved there, like, you know, with the, the with the Fitzgibbon team there, like, and that was kind of probably when it came to being involved in sports again, like, you know, 
I suppose that was when I kind of maybe kind of just realised that like for me it's just going to be it was always going to be hurling or football like it ended up being hurling because that's just where funny enough like I spoke earlier about like you know I was like I was going to wherever I get to break do you know Jamie although confined to a wheelchair is still a hurler at heart with that opportunities began to present themselves where he could bring that tactical acumen that stood him so well in his playing days into a new role Jamie can't watch sport without breaking it down into data analysing and then learning from it he creates, debates and implements new strategies that his teams take on with the singular aim of making them better hurlers. You rang me and told me that Mary I had a deal on the table for you to take over for Mabel Cregan. And when you rang me, I went amazing. So like I got involved in 2016 with Eamon and Gavin and the lads and whatever and like I had said it years previous. I'd said it in 2014, I said it to David Reedy the current Limerick hurler said to David after we lost in 2014 said like you're going to win it in 2016 when you're all in Fortune that's the year you're going to win it like and at the time I was thinking we were we were on the tear after losing against UCD or something and I was kind of saying like I was like she's almost trying to figure out some sort of masters that I can just slip back into the college because I was like that's the team that'll win it because I'd seen like Rowan and Maher and all these guys were in first year and I was like when they come through like they'll be a serious and then just kind of as luck would have it like the winter 2016 the lads were playing in UCC in the league and I was on to one or two of the guys involved and I said I'd come up and see it and they were like you know would you like to get involved and I was like yeah I was like but I'm not doing anything else so I got involved and then obviously Eamon actually retired the day of the Fitzgibbon when we finally won it like and um, just like there was a real vacuum like kind of and I just remember like Later on in the week, we'll say during the celebrations, I sat down with one of the other players, um, Sean Lennon, just playing for Galway at the moment now, and Seth and Sean were like, he was like, geez, like, who's going to take over next year? And I was kind of like, what kind of a team do we have? Like, <laughs> do you know, and two of us just sat down and we kind of like picked a little mock team on my phone. I could still have it in my notes somewhere, but like, uh, I was kind of like, geez, good enough for a team there. It's like, leave that with me. <laughs> Went See, what I love and, about like, you is, is that that idea at your age would have been so far-fetched for anybody else but you were so precocious that you didn't see that as a barrier the age being a barrier to you taking that position from somebody as widely known as Eamon Cregan yeah well he took the job the year I was born <laughs> so that's actually a fact like I remember saying it to Kira, his daughter who's one of the people in charge of sport like and when she said you know like just did you know Eamon took the job in 92 and I just goes yeah well there isn't a child being born now that's going to take this off me like I will be gone I'd be gone before whenever a child being born in 2017 is, is of age but um, I'm still there now so eight years later nine years later nearly now but like, so you're a lecturer of hurling now um, we won't go no but like yeah, I don't know what the official title is I'm just, just inside there but like but that was where yeah that was the where kind of, came back yeah big time and that was the first team that like you know first team I managed I took over like I, I'd been involved with 21s the club here the year before but like 21s in, in West Cork is very much a one or two game affair, you know. Like but do you say that, but you were ringing me and you had the same game plan, same process for those under 21 hurlers then as you do for winning a Fitz. You yeah, were brilliant like, at process. Yeah, like, well, I like, I like it, like, you know, and like, I like that element of it. I suppose probably one of the, the things like I spoke about, like where I never considered myself to be one of the top, top players, we'll say it, to go Harry Redknapp on it, like, you know, like just a good player, like, like, and like, 
for me, like in terms of coaching, I like so like when I was trying to improve as a player, like you'd always be kind of putting plans together and trying to, you know. Whereas like for some people it came a lot easier, you know, like whereas I was like, I if I'm gonna get anywhere near those top guys, I need to work really hard and I need to have a plan. So like it was kind of like that was always the way I did everything anyway, you know, like whether it was study or whether it was like if I'm if I'm gonna do something like I nearly spend as much time planning what I'm gonna do as actually doing it after, like and so like that side of management coaching kind of appealed to me anyway, you know. You know, the way you spoke at the start about it taking a year and a half for you to be able to go home to mm-hmm. your club to watch a home game and yeah, using yeah. the Fitzgibbon, I suppose, as a bridge of as a bridge sort of, to, yeah. to get there. And now you've gone full circle and you're the head and tail of the management team in Kilbritton for, this is your third season? Fourth. Fourth yeah. season. <laughs> it obviously means something to you to have set your stall here for so long when you've had other opportunities that might have been more lucrative. <laughs> You know, lucrative. Lucrative. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, we are. Um, but I can seriously, neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> no, look, yeah, like it. But like, it's your. What, club. What, how, how do you go back there then? How, what was this? What was the mind switch? We got relegated in twenty nineteen, um, and I suppose I just felt that I was going to be around anyway. I knew that I was going to be around for a year or two where because I, I was in college in UL I was kind of committed to being you know around so I felt like I should you know get involved do you know like and I suppose I'd always I'd always have a kind of a I'd have a very strong feeling of like you know I don't like maybe people slating managers you know at club level especially in your own club because I'd always say like you know until you're willing to actually put the time in yourself and go do it you shouldn't you know, whether good or bad, you should never say something negative about the people that are putting in that time. And I think, like, from my perspective, I was like, I'm now in a place where I am around for the next couple of years. Now is the time to put in the time because I suppose, you know, at the time I, I was pursuing a law degree in UL, I kind of knew that down further down the track, there'd be probably having to move to Dublin for Blackhall and, you know, things like that. So... I wouldn't be able to put in the time down the line. Whereas if I am now, I should. It's mm. kind of a, you know, like a bit of duty like as well. Um, you know, and, and more than anything I wanted to, you know, like I, I felt ready to get involved with my club, which is something that means more to me than being involved anywhere else. You know, that's, that's, that's the fact for everyone, you know. And if you're on the record or you're on the record as saying delicacy is dishonesty, so, as a player, mm-hmm. and you were talking about coming in and out of teams, and you weren't necessarily the Conor Lee Han, yeah. always going to be in the starting 15. Now, as a manager, looking back as you as a player, mm-hmm. how much power or control did you need to have as a player then? Did you need to know you were going to be coming on in matches? Like, as a manager now, do you identify the players that are going to be coming on beforehand? Do you tell them that they will be coming into the game or they won't be coming into the game? Or do you have to leave a door slightly open? How much delicacy is required? Probably more than I thought at the time. But I think, again, there's a way, I suppose, like what I was referring to maybe was like when someone comes to you for feedback, you know, in the middle of a training block, you know, don't just put on Austin and tell them you're doing great if you don't think that, you know. I think when you get to around match day, it's like, you know even if a player isn't going to get used 
you don't want anyone that has a, even a chance of getting used in that headspace because, you know, like on match day, like if it's, if it's, if it's a minute and a half, like someone has to contribute for a minute and a half, you know, like say for example, like one of your players gets a cramp in the last two minutes of a game and the referee is saying, puck out the ball. But it's so like, if you have a player who say, has to come off, has to come off. It's like, there's only two minutes here, but I need this guy to contribute for two minutes. Like, do you know, you need people on match day to be, I suppose, not thinking, he's just after saying, I'm lazy or I'm this or that. Whereas like, but equally, you know, if you're in the middle of a training block and a player is not playing and he comes up to you and says like, do you know, why am I getting game time? I think you have to be able to give him a fact-based, straight answer. Do you know, like, and, and there's no point being delicate there, I think. You just, you give them facts. Like, and I suppose, like, when I say there's no point being delicate, like, I don't mean you have to be rude. Like you, like, you just be straight. You can be direct and talk about someone's performance without talking about them as a person, I think. Like, and I think that's, that's probably where maybe some people get it wrong sometimes. Like, where, like, you know, we don't, like, we, we, the language has to be kind of, you know, all about what they're doing or not doing and not about what they are or aren't. Like, you know, because people are, people are wired so differently like and how you deliver the facts to Sarah or Will might be totally different you might need to be more delicate with Sarah but she still needs facts and you might need to be able to you might need to be more direct with Will but he still needs the facts if you don't tell someone the truth you're being dishonest to them like if you don't actually give them facts but I suppose maybe over time you've kind of learnt a small bit of kind of maybe diplomacy to use another D word it's all D words diplomacy maybe a bit more of that the future is bright for this man from Kilbritton, and Cork Hurling is brighter with him. We still have decades to enjoy what Jamie Wall is going to bring to this incredible sport, and hurling is all the better for it.